0: Hello, everyone. Today is December 20th, 2020. um, We'll be reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the chapter, How It Works, page 63. That first paragraph, when we sincerely took such a position, through the end of that page, the last paragraph next, we launched out on a vigorous course of action. Our reader for today is Karen C., and our speaker for today is Mary Lou. Um, Okay, go ahead, Karen, if you can
1: read for us. Hi, this is Karen C., recovered compulsive overeater in New Jersey. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all powerful, he provided what we needed. If we kept close to him and performed his work well, established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our our maker as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at least at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. We found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding per- person, such as our wife, best friend, or spiritual advisor. But it is better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. The wording was, of course, quite optional, so long as we expressed the idea voicing it without reservation. This was only a beginning, though with honestly and humbly made an effect, sometimes a very great one was felt at once. The next one also?
0: Yes, the next one also.
1: Okay, next we launched out on a course of vigorous action. The first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted though our decision was a vital and crucial step it could have little permanent effect unless that once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us our liquor was but a symptom so we had to get down to causes and conditions i pass
0: thanks so much karen and next we're going to have mary lou share on those paragraphs for the next 20 minutes thank you so much mary lou Mary Lou, we can't hear you. I'm sorry. Good morning, everybody. I'm Mary Lou P. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I am grateful to be here this morning. Um, there's a lot, a lot of meat here in this particular page. Uh, when I look at this and it says, when we sincerely took such a position, So what's the position that we're taking? And I have to go back and think about, you know, step three says, I'm making a decision. And in order to make a decision, we really need to identify what the problem is. What are we making a decision about? So in step one, you know, we identified that we were powerless and we realized that lack of power is our problem. In step two, we identified the solution that there is a higher power. We know that we're not it. And um, we came to believe that this particular higher power could restore us to sanity. With those two things in mind, now it's time to make that decision. So is the decision going to be I want to resolve the problem or not. So, you know, when I look at just, if you take a look at the previous page, the last word on page 62 is freedom. That's the freedom that I want. And in order to gain that freedom, I have to make that decision that I want the solution to the problem that I have. I could say that my problem is compulsive eating. And that is a true statement. However, it's so much more than that, and has been for many, many years. Um, so, in making a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God, you know, what am I doing? And you know, where do I have to go with that? It tells me in the book that um, I have a new employer, and that my employer is all powerful. It also says he provided what we needed, and here's that one little word, if. If we kept close to him and performed his work well. I have been in OA almost 30 years. It will be 30 years in June. It has taken me a very, very, very long time to get to the place where I am today. when it says we needed to, if we kept him close and performed his work well, I didn't really know back in, you know, back when I started, what exactly did that mean? I, when I first came in and I went through the steps, it wasn't like it is today. We were not, you know, we were not going through this book. We were doing a lot of other stuff and not that that was the wrong thing to do but it didn't give me everything that i have today however you know when i think when i you know look at this and it says established on such a footing we became less and less interested in ourselves our little plans and designs Well, it took me a really long time not to be interested in myself. And, you know, as most of us, I think, you know, we still all have an interest in ourselves every day. Um, But that interest changes. And that's the thing that has been so incredible. You know, when when we start to read this, this is a promise these are the things that this book is telling us we can have if we do his work well. And um, it continues on, as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face like successfully, we were conscious of his presence and we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter we were reborn now i love the word reborn because i believe that i am reborn in this program it's taken me a really really long time Um, but it's also i think hard to understand in the beginning you know this is a lot of information for anybody to grasp and I know that back in the day when Bill started this program, he went through the steps in something like, I think two to three days. That's amazing, but it can be done, but it wasn't the way it happened to me. You know. And I can only share, to share with you, you know, what, what it's been like for me. One of the things that um, we talk about here, it says we began to lose our fear well, I was afraid of everything. I don't know about you guys, but I was absolutely afraid of everything. Because I had no self confidence, you know, I felt as though I was never good enough. And you could put all kinds of other words attached to that, but I was just never good enough. I, in my mind, never could measure up to anything. But when I came into the rooms, I met some ladies who today are still like the love of my life, who started to tell me that, you know, that this higher power that we talk about, that he could, this higher power could really help me. And I came up in a Roman Catholic background. Uh, Catholic school, Catholic high school. And um, when I got out of high school, I felt as though I no longer needed to be in church. I mean, that was something that I decided that I wasn't going to do anymore. And I didn't. And I was 41 years old when I came into LA. So there's this big, long 20 plus years period of not having any real connection with a higher power. And I'm gonna call my higher power God. I hope that's okay with everybody. When I first came into OA, I met these women, as I said, who said to me that there was a hole in my soul and that the only way to fill that hole was through a higher power or God. And I listened. I didn't know, I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but I listened to them. And as I got to know them more and more, they started to instill in me this desire to want to know this God, this higher power, whatever you choose to, however you choose to define that higher power. And that was really important for me. And it took me almost two years in program when I decided that. I, the only, what I considered higher power, and I think that, you know, for me, I was kind of mistaken about the, I didn't understand the difference at that time between what it was to be spiritual and what it was to be religious. So I particularly went back to the the only thing I knew. So I went back to the Catholic church. As it turned out, it was a really good experience for me because going this time, I had a different mindset, and I didn't just go on Sundays. I became a participant, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to just be a part of. Because in my mind, this is how I was going to get to know God better. I didn't know anything else, and um, I have to say that many many years later, I can use that word reborn because I truly feel as though I am a different person. You know, I wish that this all happened to me, you know, like uh, a week after I came into program, but it didn't, you know, it's really, really taken me quite, quite a while. Um, but it's also given me a sense of um, purpose that I never had before in my life. And that's um, that's a pretty good place to be. Um, so when we, when we go further, when we go into this next paragraph and we read this prayer, it's really something, you know, I don't know about you, but I say this prayer a lot, not, not just every day, but probably more than once a day. And it just spills out of my mouth, you know, God, I offer myself to thee, blah, 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 blah. But when we sit and when we take this prayer apart and we look at it and we come to start to realize what this prayer is actually saying, it's it's amazing. So um, this first part of it, God, I offer myself to thee. What does that mean, I offer myself to thee? So from my perspective, this is, I'm making myself available to you, God. I am saying to the best of my ability in an unconditional way, I give myself to you. And then what? To build with me and to do with me as thou will. Well, I don't always know what God's will for me is. As a matter of fact, I probably don't ever really know what God's will for me is. I just know that if I am kind, if I am considerate, if I am loving to all people, then this is something that God can do with me. He says now, relieve me of the bondage of self. Well, the bondage of self for me is the fact that I'm still selfish, I'm still dishonest, I'm still full of fear. Those things are probably never going to be completely eradicated. You know, they go away, sometimes they're worse and sometimes I feel like they're almost not there. But I believe that, you know, this is, this is who I am. You know, so here's the two sides of the coin. You know, I'm selfish, I'm dishonest, I'm afraid, but I'm also kind, considerate and loving. So when these two pieces come together, that's like my best day, you know? It's not that way every day, but that's my best day. You know, um, when we talk about the bondage of self or as we go into the next sentence, take away my difficulties, I have to go back to the seven deadly sins, which to me describe my difficulties in a nutshell, right? So they are pride, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, anger, and sloth. I can relate to each and every one of these different times of my life. Some were bigger, some were smaller, but I can relate to every one of these, especially pride. Pride gets in my way probably every single day of my life. You know, some days I just think that I'm better than you or that reverse pride, I'm not nearly as good as you. And that's one of the things that has always been, you know, so hard for me to grapple with. You know, I I, I just feel as though, you know, um what a, who am I? What am I looking at, you know, what am I doing today and most days, that pride is right there in front of my face. Um, have I been greedy? Absolutely. Lust. I don't even want to go there. That's a whole other ball game. Gluttony. Well, to me, gluttony for me is the fact that I am a compulsive overeater. And when I think about the amounts of food that I have consumed, it really is... Um, It's almost hard for me to look at it. You know, I don't like to talk a lot about the food anymore because I think that it's not as important as all the meat that goes around the steps and working the steps and, you know, what I need to do for that. Um, But I think about it, and one of the things that's real important for me today is... um, helping people that don't have enough food you know i'm i'm all about food banks and and giving to the needy who you know especially right now with everything that's going on it's so sad and i think of how much food i have eaten over the years that you know maybe i could have helped years ago but i didn't and you know so we're we're all here in the same boat where we are and what we've done and to go on with these, you know, envy. I always wanted what somebody else had, because what I had was just never enough. Those are those things, you know. When when you look at these seven deadly sins, you can't get away from them. You know, these are these are part of our life. Um, anger. Well, I was not overtly angry ever it was that anger that sat inside me that I didn't allow to come out because I didn't know how to process anger. Um, so, you know, that was, that was something that, you know, I know I have friends in program who talk about how angry they would get and, you know, the things that they would do. I always suppressed that. Um, today I'm a little bit better with letting that out, but again, you know, here we are, this is another, Um, another thing that puts me in bondage. And the last one, sloth. Well, I am retired now, quasi retired. I have a, um, I am a massage therapist now, which is a second career for me. And um, I love it. And I'm glad that, you know, I am, able to do that. However, during this pandemic, I have made the decision that I will not do that because it frightens me to just be in that close proximity with people and I don't wanna do it. So right now I'm feeling a little bit lazy and um, I don't wanna go there either, you know? So it says, relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. So now we have to look at, well, what is, what is God's will? You know, for me, it just always comes back to if I'm kind, if I'm considerate and if I am loving to all, and I have to put that to all at the end of that. I can't just say, um, you know, be kind and loving because it's really easy for me to be kind and loving to the people that I wanna be kind and loving to. And it's certainly a hell of a lot more difficult to be kind and loving to the people that are on your last nerve all day long. And for me, and I'm sure most of you too, you can find them. They're not too far away. You know, somebody opens their mouth and you just wanna smack it and those are the people, these are the things that I've had to learn. You know, um, I am in, a, I'm in a, a wonderful marriage, but I have stepchildren. Now they're all grown people. Um, but my one stepdaughter, I am very, very close to, she was the youngest. So we have a different kind of relationship and I've had to work very, very hard to realize that, um, Everything I say doesn't matter to her. (laughs) You know, um, my opinion doesn't always carry any weight with it. As a matter of fact, I've been told on more than one occasion, I don't need your opinion. I didn't ask for it. Eh. So I have had to, a couple of years ago, I did some really serious work, particularly with her, because I wanted this relationship to be the best that it could possibly be. I wanted to be the best stepmom I could be. And now I'm a mom. And um, it's just, it's a miracle because I didn't think I would ever be, because I don't have any children of my own. So, you know, when I look at this and I say, take away my, take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. So bearing witness doesn't mean just here in this meeting with you guys, because where I can witness, bearing witness means every part of my life. And that was a big example for me of how I could bear witness to another person of God's power and love. And um, I'm really blessed to be able to say that today. Let me go on to say, may I do Thy will always. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to um, go through a tradition meeting recently, and it just it just concluded. And, you know, they say about the traditions, um, it's our relationship with people. And in order to do God's will always, I have to be an example. You know, if I'm going around being something that um, I think other people want me to be, that's not a very good example. I have to be in my heart what I feel God wants me to be. And it always comes down to the same thing about being honest, first and foremost, and about being loving and caring and considerate. Um, We thought well before taking the step, making sure we were ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. And I have a little note in my book, and it says, how is God changing me? You know, how am I doing this on a daily basis? What is it that I have to do to continue every single day? You know, I love the line in the big book where it talks about, you have to be the good Samaritan every day. Oh, some days I don't want to be the good smart and I don't really care about you. And I don't, I just don't want to be bothered, but you know what? I have to be, you know, I am not, I don't have the luxury of not being that way. Because as soon as I'm like, you know, thinking about me and thinking that I could do this or thinking that you're not as good as I am, or making some judgment about somebody, I am certainly not in God's will. And that's not what he wants. So it's a daily, you know, this is a daily thing. This is not something that we do today and forget about and pick it up again a month later. It's every day. So next we go on to say, we found it very desirable to take the spiritual step with an understanding person, such as wife, best friend, or spiritual advisor. And I have taken so many... So many third steps and, um, you know, this, you know, so many iterations of it that um, I don't know how many people I've done this with, but I know today that, you know, I have been fortunate enough to have people in my life who have just steered me in the right direction. Um, Then we go on to say that this is only the beginning, though, um, that, if honestly and humbly made an effect, sometimes a very great one will be felt at once. Um, I don't know that I had that experience, but I do know that over time I have absolutely come to this, you know, experience where um, I know that this is what I need to do. I need to work these steps every day. So going into step four, next we launched out on a course of vigorous action. Um, where we were going to take our personal inventory. Um, so though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the, be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. So again, I just go back to those seven deadly sins. Those are the things that are blocking us. Those are the things that, unless we make this decision, you know, to, how do I want to say this? To just take the time to do an inventory that makes me see, makes me take a look at myself and what has been blocking me so that I can get down to these causes and conditions. I want to do what God wants me to do today. I don't always know what that is. And I love the, um, the Thomas Merton prayer, where he says, I don't know where I'm going. And I don't always know where I'm going. I know one thing. I know that if I'm kind, if I'm considerate, and if I'm loving, then I'm doing God's will. And if I'm thinking about Mary Lou and how much she's going to get for something or what she's going to be able to accomplish or blah, 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 then I'm thinking about me and I'm not thinking about you. And that is not going to work for me. So I, with that, I'm going to close out and I'm just grateful to be here today and to have this opportunity to share with you. Thanks. Thank you so much, Mary Lou. So we'll stop the recording.